I just wanted to let it go. Yeah. I like that song. We didn't you know what's funny? The fire. What? When I was in middle school, mm-hmm. um, we had a an addition put onto our school complex because it was all one school. We were small enough you could do that elementary, high school, and wow, it was a massive building, right? Right. Yeah. But still, and um, one day you just somebody like, moved to a different part of the building from yes. middle school to okay. Had graffitied the new part. The new part, the middle school. Disrespectful. And um. Like, you know, in our small town, like this was up here. This is news. This a is giant like, deal. Like the, the gangs are here. You know, <laughs> the gangs from Chicago are here. They're destroying our city. From Chicago? Yeah. It was like a very specific. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything everything bad happened in Chicago. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Even though it was like five hours away. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say. So anyways, me and my friends wrote a whole song and the chorus was... We didn't paint the school. Okay. The yes. middle schoolers did it and they won't admit it. <laughs> we didn't paint the school. We had really great verses we had written. Really? Yeah. All to this Billy Joel song. Yeah. Find them. Um, do you think you could find that at some point? I bet everyone would be interested. Oh, in. I didn't like, we didn't produce it. We just, we wrote it and sang it. And, well, but even the lyrics. Well, I had no idea where they are. Dang. Um, guess what? What? I know you have some things, but I have to tell you one thing. Okay. So I took my kids to daycare this morning. Sure. Which is in Bellmead. Good way. Then I come back across 340 wow. towards 35, and mm-hmm. I come south in 35 to 18th Street. Okay. Well, when I turned to get on the highway, this god-awful, gross smell filled my car. Really? Like, instantly. And, like, it, it reminded me of, like, oh, there must be, like, freshly spread manure. Somewhere. Blowing in from a distant field. That's what it kind of smelled like. And it got oh. stronger and stronger. And like this is really That's intense. Not great. So I rolled down my window, and it just stayed. And at this point, I can tell: is it okay? Is it in the air outside, blowing through my AC? Right. Or is it? So I stop at church, okay. and I get out of the car, and I have to reset my nostrils. Reset your nostrils. And I go inside and come back out with Risa, and sure enough, it is my car, and it is awful. It's in your car. Well, okay, the story's not over yet. Okay. So um, I get online and I'm like I, I Google literally. Um, What's wrong because my car smells like mm-hmm. I used a word. Okay. And then I got a return that one of the things can be if your catalytic converter breaks down. Oh. That um, it will quit processing the sulfuric something, which I know sulfur stinks. Sure. They say it'll smell like rotten eggs. Okay. I'm like that makes sense. But this this is not rotten eggs, but it is a foul smelling smell. So I, there's a, a muffler place not far from UBC. Like, mm-hmm. And I take it there. I leave my car. Okay, I just wanted to be said, I have a guess about what happened. Well, and I just want to file it away in my head. I want it to be known right here. Well, here's the thing. I don't know the answer. You still don't know? No. So I, they call me back. They're like, everything in your system is fine. Okay. Okay, I'll converse fine. Which I'm still not sure that I think that. But anyways. Yeah. I've been searching on my car. The only thing I can think is something crawled into like the actual muffler and died. And died. But it is. Have you looked in the back? Did one of the kids take a poop in your car? Well, no, it's definitely exterior. Okay. And it's definitely like, it, it's, it's weird as like some smells, and this is just awful to say, but like as they're getting cooked, get stronger and stronger. Yeah. This was like instant. All of a sudden just like somebody threw a fart bomb in my car or something. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like, it was, so I'm like, like, okay, it's like 
I think I smell something. And then later you're like, it definitely yeah. smells really bad. This is just like immediately. Which the other thing is weird to me. If like I'm going down on 35 at a good speed. Yeah. You'd think just anything on the exterior of the car, the wind would blow it back behind me. Like the smell wouldn't yeah. have, but it, ugh. So it's still out there and it's still awful. Yeah. I think it's a good, something crawled in somewhere and died. That seems like a good yeah. guess. There's also um, this thing dripping, this line. Oh. And I assume that the muffler guys would have seen that. It's right by the exhaust system. Right. So it's probably fine. But it's some, some kind of coolant because it's like, you know, when your AC quits working and the line freezes. Yeah. It feels like that. But I don't know what would be cooling in the back other than that's just the. That's crazy. The coolant in the car. So. My AC is so finicky. It always is like in my house, really. Why are they so finicky? I don't know. Okay. But Taylor. Well, I'm sorry about that. That thanks, is not a fun morning. Thanks for indulging me in my car stink story. Well, <laughs> I hope you find a solution. I do too. Um, have any of the kids been in it yet while it stinks? No. Okay. What do you think their reactions will be? I think they're going to complain. Sure. Yeah. But you know who's a really good detective? Maybe they'll say something funny though. What? Who? Lindsay. Oh, Okay. She's a really good So you're kid. hanging your hopes on her being able kind to. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. You know, Kathleen is that way. Mm-hmm. Like Kathleen, um, when Walter gets out, which he sometimes does because he can sneak out of any hole. I don't even know. It's insane. I, it's like sometimes he just, we have a chain link fence. Sometimes I swear he just like pushes himself through those tiny, tiny holes. Yeah. And Kathleen can just find him better than I can. Like, I can just drive around the neighborhood, and I'm looking for him, and or I'm walking, because he doesn't get very far. He's old, and, he has, and he's small, yeah. you know? Um, but she's got that sixth sense. Yeah, she can just be like, I bet, yeah. Gut instinct, people. Yeah, oh, that's true. It's gut instinct. And also, occasionally she'll look out in a way that I won't. Like, someone will be like, oh, um, I saw your dog. He went that way. And ne- that never happens to me. Yeah. So, well, I hope Lindsay is... Um, is plays the detective or doesn't play detective if she doesn't want to. Yeah, she'll but do what she wants. That's hope, for sure. Yeah, I hope somebody finds the the source. Thank you. Okay, yeah, I have two things. Okay, I'm ready. One of them is a Kardashian update. Oh, good. I love Kardashians. <laughs> okay, and so um, I wanted to tell you. Did you know that Kourtney Kardashian was dating Travis Barker? Yeah, we who, talked about this. Who was the drummer in Blink One Eight Two? This weekend, they got engaged. Oh, really? Yeah, they're engaged to be married. Um, now, here's a cynical question for you. Okay. How long do you think that marriage will last? I don't know. You know, she was with a guy who is like the father of all of her children. She has like four or five okay. for a long time. So she seems capable of like... Uh, and hmm. Travis Barger strikes me as a guy who's in it forever. <laughs> well, I think when you're older... Yeah, that's true. You're less dumb when you're older. And also you're like less um, reactive and yeah. stuff like that, you yeah. know? So we'll see what happens. I don't know. I don't know. Um, we shall see. We'll see. And then, oh, the other question I had for you, and this is just more like your personal experience thing, was I was wondering recently what it's like to in the like days leading up to Halloween as a person who owns a house on Colcord. Yeah, it's certainly an event. Yeah, it's more it, it, more than the days up to it. It's, it's like it's the um, 
the months up to it that we start strategically buying candy. Really? Yeah, you know, we go through three or four thousand pieces of candy on that night. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's something. Is it? Do you enjoy it? I do. You do. It feels like a special place to be in Halloween. Yeah. And it it has deepened my appreciation for Halloween. Yeah. Is a you know it used to be like just the forerunner to Thanksgiving, which is the forerunner to Christmas. Yeah. It's um, it's pretty awesome now. I would say Halloween is my like least favorite, probably like least favorite holiday or whatever. Really? Uh, yeah. It, none of it really appeals to me. I love Gothic architecture, uh-huh. and so that seems to get a play during Halloween. Yeah, sure. Um, I love that people get into it in whatever way they do, like dressing up or putting out the decorations. I certainly feel glad for other people that do like Halloween. Yeah. Um, that they get to experience it. Yeah. And I feel like that, like this on the thirty first here, that's like it's like a community event essentially. Yeah. And I think that's fun. Yes, the community nature of this is like yeah. our neighborhood association shuts down the street. Mm-hmm. We've got police officers hired to kind of watch. We have insurance. It's an ordeal. Yeah, that's kind of um, crazy. Taylor, yeah. you know I was smiling. Why? Because you know how I do meme dumps every once in a while on Instagram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have one saved right now. Okay. And it's a bumper sticker. Okay. And it's a it's like um, well let me just pull it up on my phone. Okay. It's just funny to me. Is it about Halloween? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Should Jesus Ween replace Halloween? <laughs> Jesusween.com. Um, October 31st, a Christian gift giving festival. Because we don't have one of those already. Right, yeah. <laughs> Jesusween.com. Look it up. Okay. I'll have Maybe to. we should get the Jesus Ween person on the phone. Maybe we should talk about Jesus Ween next week. I'm going to look up Jesus Ween. <laughs> I... You know, for a while I made, um, I convinced my mom, I was not a child. I was, I mean, I was in college or whatever, but for a while I convinced my mom that every, hey Marty, um, that everybody else's parents gave them Thanksgiving presents. Um, and so I convinced her to buy us Thanksgiving presents for a couple of years. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Jesus Ween website. Okay. A day for everyone to hear and believe the Gospels. Jesus Ween, a.k.a. World Evangelism Day. Okay, so this seems more robustly Christian, uh, but here, subtext, is a global Christian gift-giving festival. This season, I really want to talk to somebody that runs What is, like, the point of it? You can join the mail. It's probably to take the devil out of the world. Our mission? Jesus Ween sounds insane. They need a way better name. (laughs) No, I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Why join? How to... How to, how it started? Oh, oh, like you could start a Jesus Ween festival? Oh my God, I can't. It started in two thousand two. I can't say Jesus Ween anymore. <laughs> That's weird. I wish there was a number. Oh, I really man. want to talk to Pastor Paul Abel. No, oh, please. Oh yeah, this is a thing. Oh my gosh. YouTube Jesus Ween, Facebook Jesus Ween. I'm, we need to get into this. Who's we? Me and you. <laughs> okay. And Jesus Ween is the official like favorite podcast or favorite holiday of this podcast? Um, no. No. Is that because you have other holidays you like more? Than Jesus Ween? <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I do. Is know. Christmas your favorite? Yeah, Christmas is. Christmas is. I needed to give myself permission to love Christmas more than Easter, and now I just do. 
Okay. Yeah. Why did you need permission? Well, because the resurrection is supposed to be like the pinnacle of Christian history. Uh, yeah, sure, but, but that doesn't I, mean it has to be your favorite. I think that incarnation. I do like Easter. It's is fun, just is important for the Christian redemption there because I believe in recapitulation. Yeah. I think Irenaeus is right. Oh, you do? Yeah. That I think that the incarnation is just as important as the resurrection. It is one of the same. Absolutely. It is yeah. the beginning of the redemption of the creation. Yeah. Okay, well... Um, also, for the record, in case anyone's wondering, Thanksgiving is my favorite. Oh, I should have asked. That was rude. No, it's fine. Is it really? I just wanted to say it. Yeah. I will say between Advent and Christmas, it's just such a magical time in my life. Absolutely. It's so it's so lovely. Upon through Christmas and after Christmas. It's so lovely. And... It, um. Well, you know, technically most of it is still fall. Yeah. But it feels cold in a way that is not also depressing, and I find most cold to be depressing. Yeah. So. Okay, Taylor, I have for you a uh, fact check cor- cor- correction from last week, and it turns out you were right and I was wrong. Oh, about what? So Baylor played BYU. Yeah. They have the week off. Yeah. They play Texas. Yeah, at home. No? Yep. Oh, okay. But the I, I thought we had three of those big ranked teams in between Texas and in Oklahoma, Oklahoma, we play Kansas State, maybe. Okay. One of those teams. I TCU. Just... TCU. Oh, okay. At TCU. Okay. So that's why I was saying it was weird with three home games. It is weird. It still is weird, though. But we will have two. A bye. One, a bye, home again. Yeah. And then we're away, and then we're home. So I think the list I must have seen was maybe, like, ranked teams left we played. It was, like, that schedule. Oh, okay. So I assumed it was Texas, then Oklahoma. But you were right. Yeah, it's Texas. I only remembered because I was looking at my tickets. Yeah. And they yeah. only have the... Another um, big win for Baylor, though. That was a good win. Yeah. Because they, they had control pretty much the whole game. It was a beautiful game. I was trying to explain it to someone uh, last night. I said it felt... It never felt like we were dominating. But like sometimes even when we are dominating or winning, I feel in my bones... This moment, this thing that's like, we are going to lose. Do you ever feel that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're just like, it's not. I know it looks great. Right. But like, I can feel in my bones. Every time anybody plays Alabama, I feel that way. Yeah. If they're winning, I'm like, Alabama's going to win. Yeah. Texas A&M is like the one time, you know? Um, So, but I never felt that feeling in my bones. Like, we're going to lose. Yeah, they control. And um, I was surprised to see a lot of people had picked them to win that game. Baylor? Yeah. Yeah. I went in like the second quarter. Um, I just completely lost track of time. And uh, I checked my ESPN app and, you know, it has probability or whatever. Yeah. And uh, we were winning 10 to 3, I think, at that point. And um, it was already like 76% Baylor's going to win. Yeah. And I was like, oh, we must have started out being predicted to be the winners. Because yes. that, it doesn't. And we're home. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think the game I'm most worried about. I feel like they'll beat TCU. Knock on wood. Yada yada. Um, the game I am most worried about is Kansas State because it's on the road and Kansas State is okay. Yeah. And I do feel like they have a good home like atmosphere. There's no freebies in the Power Five. Right. Yeah. Uh, maybe Vanderbilt. Maybe Kansas. But even those, they can have their days. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Kansas beat, like, OU last year or something like that. Something. And then Kentucky is, like, 
Yeah, Kentucky's good. Good enough? Yeah. <laughs> it's confusing. Well, give it time. Okay. okay. Um, hey, have you seen Floating Around the Internet? Okay. The Robin Williams, like, it's not even a movie. So it's Jamie Costa. I don't know if you know that name. Mm-mm. He played Han Solo in that Han Solo movie a couple years ago. Oh, okay. He does this bit where it's not like for a real movie, but it looks like a trailer. Uh-huh. It's like a four-minute clip. Uh-huh. And it's eerie. Of Robin Williams? Yeah. Like impersonations or something? Yeah. He's like impersonating Robin Williams. Um, and it's like, I guess it's like him showing like, hey, somebody do a film. I'll do it. And I can do it. Oh. But. Um, I haven't seen this. You should watch it. I bet I would love it. I love Robin Williams. Um. Watch Jamie Costa do Rob Williams. Okay, I will. Um, hey. Yeah. So the kids, meaning mine, uh-huh. we have been on a Jurassic Park kick lately. Oh, fun. Yeah. Um, Wendell's probably too young, but you know how it is with the youngest. Yeah. They always end up getting in early. Yeah. So we watched the first one. Then we want to watch the second one. Okay. I'm going to tell you some people who are in the second movie that I've forgotten. Okay. Vince Vaughn. What? Uh, Julianne Moore. Is that her name? This is so strange. Yes. Um, and then guess who else is in it? Who? Richard Schiff. Really? It was this weird thing where, you know how you know somebody from a context? Yeah. And then you see them in another and you like don't recognize them? But, like, yes. Well, they're like something. Oh, wait. No, that is. That Yeah. It was Richard Schiff for me. That's crazy. I mean, can you imagine Toby being in a dinosaur movie? No. He was. He would, he would never. Yeah. Hey, whatever happened with you in the West Wing? I quit in the middle of season two or three. Okay. And not like quit, quit, just, you know. You stopped and you'll pick it up. The pandemic started. No, we were in the middle of the pandemic at this point. And I had lunches at home. Uh Uh-huh. And the kids weren't home. Yeah. And then I don't know what happened. Okay. Okay. Summer happened. Could have been a bunch of things. Summer happened. That's what happened. Okay. Or I started kind of. Oh, no. You started community. Yeah, and we started having, the world opened up a little more, and I started having lunches again for church. With people, yeah, yeah. That's true. So, yeah. Also, like, an hour to sit down for lunch is too long. Uh-huh. For, like, like just for lunch. Like, I got I got 20 minutes I can get my lunch show. Okay. Because the first 20 minutes is usually prepping my food. And right. And the second 20 minutes I can watch while I eat. Yeah. But then, it, like, the lunch is over. Yeah. So. Do you yeah. watch Great British Bake Off? No, that's everybody's watching that though. Uh, new season's like coming out right oh, now. Oh, that's why. Yeah. Okay, I, I'll get there eventually. I'm sure when it's. I feel like it's really being... good. Oh yeah, I, and I, I think, think Lindsay like might it. like it. Like you guys could watch it together. We would like it. I love Chef's Table. I'd put yeah. that in my top five shows of all time. Is it? But Chef's Table isn't a like competition. Right? No, it's philosophical. It's like a. It's oh. like filming art. Okay, Great British Baking Show is not like that, but it is so lovely. Like it just is like. They're the the environment that has been crafted. It's different people every time, but it's like they're. I don't know if bakers are nice people or if they just choose. I think British people are a little nice more. people. Yeah. Um. Oh, Jack the Ripper was British. <laughs> what? The Singing serial killer. Okay. Okay. Um. Sure. Yeah. Boris. I mean, British people. They like. We're really into colonialism, so that's yeah. not great for all of them, you know? Oh, yeah, that guy from Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> What's happening? That um, guy's British. Johnny Depp? No, or the, the guy, um, the British commander. Oh, uh, you know, I'm not sure. If, 
I feel like I've seen those movies, but maybe I haven't. Really? Or maybe I saw the first one. They're great. I love them. Like 20 years ago or whatever. Yeah, well, you're behind. So behind. You know, me and pop culture. Um, always behind. Oh, speaking of um, speaking of television. Okay. You know what I watch? What? Squid Games. Yeah. What's our fascination with violence in games? I do not have that. You don't. You're not going to watch it, are you? I like games. I don't know that I'll watch it. Probably not, especially because you guys described it. I might have watched it. I kind of wanted to. But then when you guys start talking about how violent no, it is. No, ask for sure. I, I can't really. I can't. That I can't. I have to close my eyes for like the whole thing, which is then like, what's the point? Here's what I was thinking while I was watching this. Though. I asked myself, why am I so into this? Uh-huh. And I was so into it because I wanted to see how they would design these games mm-hmm. that ultimately would take somebody's life. Oh, my gosh. Right? But somebody dies at the end of every game? Lots of people die at the end of every game. My God. But, like, um, why is that intriguing? That's what I was trying to figure out. I think because it's like, could I do the game? Right. How would I feel? What emotions would I have? I think in all those situations, I pretty much decided, like, I think it's so natural and it's what they, like... Whatever the, you know, movie, book, TV show, whatever it is that has that kind of premise. It's like so it's designed for you to put yourself in the like winner's shoes or whatever. But it's like pretty much what I've decided with like if a zombie attack ever happens. I'm not. I'm not like what was the walking dead. That's like I'm not a character on that show. I am dead way before that show starts (laughs) being filmed. Do you know what I mean? Like, okay. And I, that's how I feel about movies like that, too. Like, yeah, I think I would have died in the first game. <laughs> okay, yeah. It was red red light, green light. Oh, God. I'm not, I don't do good on the brakes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, well, um, speaking of television, again. Okay. Watch the uh, Disney Plus now had a new, um, a new Halloween special. The, oh, yeah, we talked about this. You did? No, we talked about it. You, the the thing that where they like turn the park over in the night. Turn the what over in the night? The park over in the night? Is that what you're talking about? No. Oh. Who was I, I talking to about that? That was me, but that was not this. A different. That's a different thing. So this is with the Muppets. Oh, okay. And you know what's weird? Speaking of Richard Schiff and like watching Jurassic Park and be like, what, I know that guy and that I don't. Yeah. So um, Will Arnett is in the show. Okay. And it took me, I mean, he has a mustache. Yeah. And I think they probably age him a little bit, but not much. Okay. With makeup. Yeah. But it, in fact, Roy finally recognized. I didn't. It took me like five or ten minutes before I'm like, Will or not? It's weird. Yeah. It's like, how come I couldn't recognize him? I don't super know. It took me a few seconds to find him in my head, even just like. Will or not? Thinking about Batman him. and Legos. He was in Arrested Development. Yeah. Yeah. He's I one found of my him. Favorites. You ever listen to the Smartless podcast? He's one of your no, but you. I've heard you talk about it. He's one of your favorites. Yeah, I love Will Arnett. Yeah, this is the guy I was thinking of. He's funny, dude. Who's he dating? Who's this lady? He used to be married to Amy Poehler. They have Archie together. Oh, that was him. Yeah, and they have another kid together. I think I thought she had a kid. Yeah, yeah. This is what I just can't ever remember who he is. But now he has. But watch the girlfriend, Alessandra Brown. Because it's like based on the Haunted Mansion ride at Disney World. Oh, that's so fun. So if you so like that ride at all. 
You know, I'm not. I I we didn't grow up much of like Disney people. Did you um like the Muppets? Yeah. Okay. Well, there's that. Yeah, I'd probably like it. I'll probably watch it. Um. But like, I don't. I'm not familiar with like the rides at Disney World or whatever. Yeah. Um. But I did have a bunch of students go do like the. Did you ever go to Disney? Yeah, I went as a kid. Okay. I haven't been as an adult. I like Disney World. We don't... Um, I like Magic Kingdom. You know, my cousin just had a kid, but me and Kathleen and Jacob, none of us are married. We don't have any kids. Yeah. So it's like... Why would you go? Yeah. yeah. But I have a number of friends that are like Disney adults. And also, I had a number of students that went to work the college program while I worked at Baylor. Because hmm. do you know, have you... Do you know about this thing? It's like you can go for a semester or for a year... And you're just like a cast member at Disney World, which is what they call everybody who works there. Um, oh, yeah, I know about this. So it's like a semester abroad, but you're it's working at Disney World. in Orlando. Yeah. Abroad in Orlando, which is a world unto itself. Well, that's true. Uh, and then I had a, one of them like stayed for a long time, and now it's like her career is she works at Disney World. Okay. So yeah, she's kind I of mean, social media famous for doing it. I would maybe take a job at Universal. Okay. Just so I could hang out in Harry Potter world every day. Yeah. But I bet if you did that, you'd get sick of it, and you'd see behind the scenes, and it would lose yeah. its magic. Yeah, that's so best probably not to do so. That. Yeah, best not, I think. Can I tell you something funny? What? So um, you, if you go to Harry Potter world, you can buy a wand there. Yeah, that's they, cool. They use whatever technology. There's all kinds of places in Hogsmeade uh-huh. and in... Um, in Diagon Alley where you can cast like, spells. Uh-huh. That's cool. It'll make things happen. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> some guys figured out the technology or mm-hmm. downloaded or whatever. I don't know how you uh-huh. pirated it. But they like stuck it inside cucumbers. <laughs> what? And then they went around Harry Potter while doing spells with their cucumbers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and they got everything to work. That's crazy. Isn't that funny? Yes. Cucumbers. Yeah. I, you know. It's not just like we made our own ones so we didn't have to buy theirs. Like yeah. putting it in cucumbers is funny. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. So there's that. Well, I have one more thing to talk to you about. Okay, great. And um, I don't have an agenda. Okay. I'm just curious what we do with this. What's happening right now? Okay, sure. So have you been following this Katie Couric, Ruth Ginsburg thing? No. Okay. I should probably have prepped you on it. It's okay. I, I just haven't seen phone. anything about it. So I, I don't know the full story, okay. but I'll get the like the linchpin correct. Okay. So she was interviewing Ruth Ginsburg. Okay. Okay. Katie Kirk. Oh. Um, a while ago. Yeah. I mean, not like ten years ago, like sort of recently. But Ruth Ginsburg is obviously deceased, so not recently. Right. Um, and um, apparently, the thing about NFL athletes protesting came up. Colin Kaepernick. I don't know if his name specifically is mentioned, Well, but, but the, that, yeah, that, that type of thing. And Ginsburg, like, spoke against it. Okay. Um, and talked to, like, compared it, like, burning the flag and stuff. Sure. So um, then Katie Couric, though, this is the story, mm-hmm. like, edited out that perspective. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, or somebody, Katie Couric probably doesn't edit her own interviews. So, like, somebody did in well, the company. whatever the real thing is, Katie Couric's liable for this. Um, okay. So, I mean, the the story is about the integrity of journalism. Uh-huh. But I don't know. Does that, like, I know that Ruth Ginsburg is a big hero of yours. I just wondered if that felt surprising to you. 
Or what do we do if our heroes disagree with us? Um, so here's how I feel, right? I, we've talked about my grandfather and my mom's father. Um, he was born in the 1920s, right? Um, and he is like truly a, a fierce, such a fierce feminist and like um, always advocated for um, women, always, I mean, was regularly advocating for people of color, you know, and like um, immigrants and their like position in this country and, um, and still, especially towards the end of his life, he occasionally said things that like my mom was like, I'm so confused. Why doesn't he understand? Like that's sort of the wrong take or whatever. And, um, you know, I think, I think similarly about Ruth Bader Ginsburg that it's like, I do think at some point, even the people who, right, I heard, um, someone talking about, oh, who's the like spider on the string? sermon guy he's like very angry yeah jonathan edwards you know that a bunch and a bunch of pastors from that time like owned slaves and it's like people will say like well but we have to make acceptance for that because um at the time that's like what people were doing and it's like well john wesley didn't own any slaves you know like there were also people out there saying this is wrong and this is why and it has to do with our Christianity. And so I do think, um, hmm. you know, I think at some point it's like our imaginations are only as wide as the things that we can see. Do you know what I mean? Which is not to say, would I have loved it if Ruth Bader Ginsburg, like, had the right take on that and did understand it? Yes, probably so. But even then, it's like, I, just hearing the story and maybe there's more information out there about what she said. Um, I can't know what the ins and outs and the nuances of like why she has that take are. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And obviously I would side with Colin Kaepernick, I think. And well, and, and all of the like um, athletes, professional athletes who are protesting and especially just like their right to do that under the law. Mm-hmm. Um and so, uh, like, I don't know. I she guess. She was very clear about that. Yeah. About okay. About their right to do that under the law. Yeah. But also it's like, I think I have to be fair in like my take that I have in like, you know, people from January 6th who are riding at the Capitol, like, and then they get fired and they're like, oh, this is a breach of my first amendment rights. Oh, hell and it's like, No. You work for a private company or, I mean, you know, you work for a company that, like, is allowed to fire you or whatever. And I do think that, I, you know, I think I have to take that same response to, like, professional athletes as well. Like, you can be fired. It does seem with the Colin Kaepernick stuff particularly that there were some larger, like, monopolized efforts to make sure he didn't get hired back into the NFL and that's gross and blah, blah, blah. Um... But yeah, so, I mean, do I love it that I feel like we disagree on that? No. Do I understand why someone who was born in the 1920s and lived through, like, World War II and a lot of, like, and, well, certainly she didn't agree with Ronald Reagan, but a lot of the, like, um, 
you know, senses of like times that were like, we have to pull together as a country. This is how we respect the country, yada, yada, yada. Who was on the Supreme Court, which is like a government entity. Mm-hmm. And like, I can see how she might have lived a life that made her disagree with that that position. I don't, though. I um I appreciate the complexity of your answer. Thank you. I well here's what I and this is not gonna surprise anybody who listens to our podcast. I think the thing <laughs> that I um kind of regretted about the moment yeah was um well one I like journalism just is losing credibility everywhere so fast right it right? yeah, just doesn't right. help but it's I think it's too it's too bad that whoever felt the need to edit that did it because I do feel like you know it's so easy to be polarizing yeah I think that had the potential to create some cognitive dissonance for people and like in a good way yeah it's like oh wait I can't throw all liberals under the bus because here's a liberal icon who at least sees my point can I okay let me ask some follow-up questions okay what okay so the issue is about journalistic credibility Mm -hmm. and so the question is then like what are journalists liable to present like or what's the word um i mean i feel like the like schools of journalism don't have very specific ethical things yeah because it does just seem to me is it pertinent to the like i and maybe this is just a thing i don't understand is it pertinent to the interview overall or like was that the whole interview and she just like sort of made it seem like it was something else that's a good question. I don't know enough. Um, yeah. So that would be my question. Is well, like, the other thing is, if I understand it correctly, Katie Kirk self-disclosed this in her book. So whatever. Um, so she maybe feels like she did the wrong thing? I don't know. But, I mean, if she was honest about it on her own terms, that says something too. Yeah. Sorry, I should have done more research. No, it's okay. It's just very interesting, I think. Yeah. And also, like, I don't know much about, like, what... I mean, I feel like I have a sense of what journalistic ethics are, but it's like, do you have to present every single word someone says in, in an interview? No. I think, though, like, if you start a quote and you took part of it out and then you finished a quote, kind of a deal. Then, yeah, if you make it seem like someone said something yeah. they didn't say. Yeah. Or, like, if you leave out a big chunk of the thing someone said or right. whatever. Which... I mean, I've been interviewed for the news multiple times, and that always happens. <laughs> they never put your full quote in there. They never put your full quote in there. Okay. okay. Uh, Taylor, it's time for a quiz. Okay, great. I love quizzes. All right. Your quiz today is Halloween TV specials trivia. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. I think it's 14 questions. Okay. And it's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown, 1966. I think I'm going to be bad at this, but yes. You get choices. Great. Which penis character writes a letter to the great pumpkin? Sally, Charlie Brown, Snoopy, or Linus? Um, my guess is Charlie Brown. No. Uh, who, who are the other options? Snoopy, Sally, Linus. Uh, Linus. Oh, <gasps> we get a sound effect. Yeah. I love this. That was cool. All right. What is the Simpsons annual Halloween special called? Cave of Fright, Pool Hall of Panic, Treehouse of Terror, Clubhouse of Terror. Clubhouse of Terror? I think it's Treehouse of Terror. Okay, let's try moment. Treehouse. <gasps> yes, yes, yes. I never was a big Simpsons watcher. I really wasn't either. Which character is the first to go missing in Toy Story of Terror? 
Jesse, Woody, Buzz, Mr. Potato Head. I've seen this. I don't remember. What was the last person? Mr. Potato Head, Jesse, Woody. I think Mr. Potato Head. I'm going to put that. Okay. Yes, I got it right. Yeah, okay. Which young resident of Whoville fails the Grinch's plans in Halloween is Grinch Night, 1992? Mm. I've never even heard of that. (laughs) Mariah, Hezekiah, Eukariah, Jebediah. Um, I'm going to go with Jebediah. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm so into these. Can we read guess? What are the other answers? Yeah. Eukariah. Eukariah. Okay. All right. What five? What Halloween costume does Odie wear in Garfield's Halloween Adventure? Pirate, scarecrow, vampire, ghost. Um, I'm torn between scarecrow and ghost. Okay. What do you want me to pick? What was the first one? Also. Pirate. Um, For some reason, I see him either as a ghost or a pirate. A pirate? Yeah. Well, we both think ghost, so let's try ghost. Oh, no. Okay, pirate, I think. Pirate. Yeah. All right. In the last Halloween, 1991, what rare material are four aliens searching for? Ramtu, Gleep, Kobe, Kobai, Skuda. What are you... Are Those aren't words. I think that's the point. Okay. Um, Skobai. Kubai or Skuda? Scooter. Okay, so I did not choose either answer. Scooter. Kubai. Kubai. All right. Who holds Halloween hostage in the Halloween that almost wasn't? The witch, the wolfman, the zombie, the mummy. The witch. Witches are always getting in trouble. <laughs> the world's sexist. <laughs> What pair of space aliens appear in the Simpsons Treehouse Terror episodes? Kang and Kudos, Gonzo and Gazoo, Zim and Zod, Wanda and Cosmo. I think Zim and Zod. That was my guess. Yeah. Okay, no. Not Wanda and Cosmo. <laughs> <laughs> Not Gonzo and Gazoo. I bet it's Kang and Kodos. Kang and Kodos, yeah. That was my second guess. All right. In Mad Monsters Party 1967, where does the Baron Boris von Frankenstein live? Island of Misfit Monsters, Isle of Unclaimed Candy, Isle of Evil, Isle of Horror. I think the Misfit Monsters. Me too, and I bet this is Rankin Bass. Nope. What was the other ones? Unclaimed Candy, Evil, or Horror? The Isle of Horror? Yeah. Um, Maybe Evil. The Isle of Evil. Okay, I'm going to say it's Candy, but... You think it's the candy? It's evil. Evil? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. In Twitches, 2005, what what magical dimension are the twin witches born in? Coventry, Runeheim, Otherworld, Haven. Mm, Haven. Coventry. Wow. Okay. Four questions left. Okay. Um, and Casper says Halloween. Casper goes trick-or-treating as a... Ghost. It's not a choice. Okay, what are the choices? That would be a little on the nose. <laughs> Puppy, angel, boy, clown. A boy. That That's sense. funny. In Flintstones Meet Rockula and Frankenstone, 1979, how does Wilma scare off Count Rockula? Turns into a witch, takes off her makeup, makes him about his chores, burns his dinner. <laughs> It's so sexist. Is it the makeup thing? Okay, thank goodness. 
Should we try Burns' dinner? Burns' dinner. Okay. Okay. What was the third one? Nags him about his chores or turns into a witch? I don't know. Turns into a witch? Wow. Okay. Okay. All right. What animated short features Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, and Goofy hunting ghosts? Ghost Swad, Lonesome Ghost, Ghastly Ghouls, Spooky Spirits. Lonesome Ghost sounds funny. Finish the title of this 1979 Halloween TV special. Raggedy Ann and Andy in the Pumpkin Who Couldn't Cry, Sleep, Glow, or Smile. Smile. Wow, remember Raggedy Ann and Andy? Yeah, I had Raggedy Ann and Andy dolls when I was little. Yeah, I, I did not. Well, very good. We did okay on this quiz. You did, did we? Okay. Yeah. You know what I feel like? Here's what I feel like. We, we got a lot. Like, I feel like we got a lot of the second guesses. Yeah, and a lot for having not seen these. Yeah, yeah. So, well, thanks for participating in the trivia today. Of course. It's All right, funny. and you know what that means, Taylor. What? It's time for a... Sponsor! Taylor. What? Well, fall is here. Fall is here. It's you know lovely. What that means it's time to get outside and have some fun in the five minutes we can do it in Texas. <laughs> yeah, truly. For all my outdoor needs, you know where I go? Um, I don't. I go to the Bear Mountain. The Bear Mountain. As you know, I purchased a bike there earlier this summer. Yeah. I actually purchased that bike like two years ago, but the he, pandemic. It's finally here. Got that. But then I needed a whole bunch of great gear to go with it to get me out in the Cameron Park riding on the trails. And boy, right. did I strike gold with the customer service and product selection over at the Bear Mountain. Yeah. Great so, job. For all of your biking, kayaking, camping, disc golfing, golfing. Yeah. Camp, backpacking, whatever kinds of needs you have. Or whatever you outdoor be, needs you have. Or if you just want to kind of be a stylish poser who looks like they yeah. go outside. Right, yeah. Boy, would I recommend you go to the Bear Mountain. Yeah. At 4425 West Waco Drive. Or if you want to give them a call, you can go to 254-772-4327. That's 254-772-4327. Oh, and you know who uh, might be your, your customer service rep there? Who? Our good friend Kat, who's left us a review. Oh, lovely. Uh, we read it before. Not oh, okay. Saying. Yeah. If you want your name mentioned. Yeah. Leave us a review. So, for all your outdoor needs and to get um, equipped for a great outdoor time, we say... Go to the Bear Mountain. The Bear Mountain. And we're back. Here we are. Woo! What a first half of the episode. Man, what a Ratings, time. let me check. Ooh, gosh. Broke the needle. Broke the needle. Everyone's so excited about this episode. Yeah. Well, Taylor, you proposed something to talk about, and I had no idea why. I thought, what a great way for me to get in trouble. No. Well, No. That's not the intention. Yeah, well. Obviously. Just the inevitability. Well, do you know what made me think about it? What? Was a few weeks ago, I on the podcast, I said that you, when you say cancel culture, you sound like a boomer. Yeah, no, I brought that point up. I thought I said that. No, I, I, you said it to me. And then you brought it and up. And I brought it up on the on podcast. podcast. And then, to <laughs> this is funny, to um, affirm you, <laughs> yeah. Kelly Harp reached out to me. And said, and said, by the way, Taylor's right. I remember that moment. You do say cancel culture like a boomer. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Thanks, Kelly. Uh, and so I wanted to, which is so strange. I want to know which moment it was, by the way. When you said it? Yeah. I can, I, I, if I have time, I'll go look at the. 
Was it me like saying, now don't cancel me, like that kind of a thing? I guess, but that is not how you say it. That's a normal way to say it. Um, okay, but I mean, that was the context. I was saying like, okay, don't get your undies in a bundle and cancel me. Sure, sure, sure. Like, that's the tool of the devil. Which is also like, yeah, okay. No, I'm not, I'm, I'm impersonating the moment to try and find where the moment was. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yes. Okay. But so the way you said it was like, now don't cancel me. Yeah. And that was the boomer-ish <laughs> part of it. I love I am a boomer. <laughs> Josh will claim any generation at all. Yeah. So at some point, he's going to find some way to connect with Gen Z and be yeah. like, I'm a Gen Z. Yeah. Um, yeah. So spurred on by that moment, I was just thinking, because here's the thing. I know... I want so I want to take another stab at cancel culture, which okay. we've talked about one time or no, two twice. times. Yeah, we did a reprise last year too. Yeah, we did. But um, we should just call this podcast cancel culture. <laughs> and every week we should just cancel something. Um, but I know you understand about like a accountability. Do you know what I mean? And people being like, yeah, like that. A lot of times when people are getting canceled, it's because. They've, you know, like we would say, you know, Bill Cosby is canceled. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's a reasonable thing. He sexually assaulted several people. And more importantly to me, the judicial system put him in jail. Right. Um, But also outside of that, there has been like a social repercussion. Yeah. Although didn't I read recently like he got his thing thrown out or something? Yeah, I think he did get out of jail. Okay. So the judicial um, system failed there. Right. And also that that is like, you know, I think some of the social repercussion is in response to the fact that the judicial system so often fails, you know? Like, I think there are people that feel like they can't count on the judicial system to work, especially when it's people who, you know, have privilege in any way. They have power. They have um, racial privilege. They have... Gendered privilege. They have all sorts of things. Where do you, here's a. I don't want to steal the thread you've got going. So okay. make sure it's finished or that you're. No, I feel. I mean, well, I think this is my question is like, I know that you understand accountability, but it feels like in some way, when it comes to cancel culture, you have this other concern, and I don't quite know what, like, I think the I, center yeah, of it is. I think that I know what the center is. Okay. I don't trust the cancelers. Sure. That's, that's the bottom line. Okay. Um, I don't trust mob mentality. Okay. I do think... Um, okay. Here would be, a, I think, a way we could have the conversation. Great. Let's think together. Okay. So not often, but like, where do you think is an example where cancel culture worked well? What do you mean? Like... What, when you say it worked well, I guess, what is that? The, like This person was exposed or put in the spotlight or lost a kind of cultural cachet or power or access and because of it um, people were safer or they got better or whatever the thing is I, can, I, I we don't we don't have to agree in the outcome just I mean I think so I think one of the ways I think that happened is also tied to the Me Too movement and it has to do with like American gymnastics okay um, so I do think that like, but like there I would say nobody who knew who Larry Nasser was before he was put, like, accused of it. Uh, sure. Like, he didn't lose his cultural clout because 
he got canceled. He didn't have any to begin with. Okay. And I guess I wouldn't say I don't think... I would say I don't think it has to be cultural clout that is lost for it to be like... For it to sort of fit into the idea of what cancel culture is. Yeah, this is interesting because I only think of cancel culture with celebrities. Hmm. But maybe that's a helpful... But I do think he was a celebrity in a way that like people are obsessed with american gymnastics right so like Mm -hmm. i didn't super know who he was Mm -hmm. but there are people who it's like i mean do you feel like the social pressure generated from be it social media the other things help accomplish an outcome for him that wouldn't have happened had the judicial system just gotten reports from multiple gymnasts and it never made the news yes i do okay well, if that's the case, then yeah, I'm for whatever that was. Yeah. So so then, okay. So that type of thing makes sense to you. And like, I mean, do you think also that in like the Bill Cosby situation that the there was societal, pre- I mean, that there was societal pressure to, you know, sort of have a, like make this, What's the word I'm even looking for? Um, make this into like a situation where he got, uh, where to, there were consequences for his actions. Yeah. To bring accountability. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe. Um, I do think like, you know, you you, um, you have cases like the gal from, that went missing in the Grand Tetons. Yes. Although there again, I think she shows up dead. That's going to be a missing person's homicide case regardless of the world pays attention it may get solved faster because of social media yes it certainly had had well it's not solved yet i guess um yeah good point. but there has been a, actually some backlash of like if this was not a cute socially attractive accessible like white person Like, you know, that there are indigenous people, that there are people of color who disappear every day. I've seen some of this, too. Yeah. And so that's been some of the feedback. No, that's true. Um, Um, And actually, I guess in that way, oh, man, this is everyone hates this take. Truly, nobody has been like, that's a reasonable thing to say. But I feel very nervous. Like, the world is a crazy place. I, I do not feel confident. That that guy murdered her. And the movement of like the social media mob to say like this man definitely killed her does make me nervous. Yeah. No. And that's exactly the part of the thing I don't like. Mm. Like um, one, one misfire is a tragedy forever. You destroy somebody's life. Yeah. And individuals don't have the right to do that. Yeah. And there's no culpability if they get it wrong. Hmm. Um, and he may he may be the murderer, right? Of course. Uh, oh yeah. But it's I feel like probably it's, it's like at say. least seventy percent he murdered her. But it's like we can't know that. Well, and I think maybe this is another thing, and maybe this will help clarify if we're thinking the same thing. Okay. I am really for this idea that you get due process. Right. And it's not possible that willy nilly whoever behind their computer. 40 states away can know with any kind of 
what happened in any situation. I do think sometimes, though, this I guess this is the place where there's a question for me. It's not really like due process even needs to happen. It's like a recording comes out of someone saying like... Yeah, that's a good point. There's different kinds of... Yeah. So like I get feeling that way occasionally and being like, well, we can't know for sure what happened. And well, I guess. And then in my case, it's like um, I I certainly I lean pretty hard towards just believing the people believing women believing people who are oppressed in a situation where it's like we don't know what happens because of like the way you have to talk yourself up to come forward with something like that when you know there's a good chance nobody's gonna believe you do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um but okay but like occasionally it's just like well we heard this person say this or we yeah you know saw them do this thing and so then to me it's like i don't know i don't feel as hard the i don't know it it doesn't like due process doesn't seem as necessary but even that i'm a little skeptical of because you know the one example we did last year was the kid at the washington monument sure and that's complicated right and he turned out to be what we maybe suspected in some ways, but then it's also like, was he made into that? Right. Um, but it, but the point being is, even even our our hard evidence mm-hmm. has probably should be subjected to the criticism of the postmodern lens, which is that's one perspective on a story, or it might not be the whole story, or yeah. Um, I don't know. I just I think that I have two things that flow through me. One. Like, let's give these moments their due process and the judicial system will take care of it. But also sometimes that judicial system fails. I have very little trust in the judicial system, which I think is probably part of why to me it is like. Sometimes the people have to do the work, you know, like it is just it's not happening. People who we know have done bad things are, you know, getting out of jail scot-free cards. Yeah. Yeah. And we know that that happens because of privilege. Mm-hmm. But you were going to say a second thing. No, that was my second thing. Oh. The one is that we should trust the system and then also the system doesn't always work. Yes. And so... <laughs> and so... Well, like... Okay, I'm going to talk in a hypothetical. Okay. Wink, wink. Right? Okay, So sure. say somebody has foster kids. Okay. Right? Yeah. Like... um uh if a, fo- a foster parent might develop the feeling that gosh the judicial system is given these parents every opportunity when it clearly looks to me like this is a lost cause right but then i still don't think no like the judicial system has to be the one careful to the end cross their t's dot their i's advocate for this because they hold all the power right yeah. And so um, even though it's painful to watch unfold and seems unnecessarily laborious and slow and not good, like, I'm glad that the judicial system works that way in this case. Mm-hmm. Because they're do that due process. Yeah. Because it's their kids. Well, and also, uh, I mean, it's like... Uh, it's, so maybe can I make a point? Yeah. I think that if... 
if the moment that they made a choice that had their kids removed from them uh-huh. was on film and put on social media, and this I'm not talking, this isn't self-referential. Right. I'm just saying, the world would be outraged, and they would crucify those parents and hang them. That's what the response would be. Uh-huh. And that's not a holistic approach to that solution. Like, rehabilitating them and giving them a second chance to be around with kids is, every which way you want to measure it, research the best thing for them, if that's if that can happen. Sure. Yes, that's what all the facts say. It's like biological family reunification is has to be the goal because it is because it is the best thing for the kids. But a film or a recording or whatever who caught a parent making a decision that put their kids into foster care would not engender that kind of comment. Yes, um, and then the consequences they get their children taken away from them. Yes. So it's like there is a consequence though. Yeah. It's not just like we say, well, we hope things get better. Yeah. But I don't think cancel culture takes their children away from I think CPS does. Yeah, but that's probably what, I mean, that would be the thing that a person would say. They wouldn't say like, I'm going to go get those children. They would say like, those parents need those children taken away from them. Yeah. So we agree on that. Maybe what we don't agree on then is I think the attitude of a counselor would be like, and I hope those parents burn in hell. Not, I hope they get rehabilitated and reunited in here. That's right. where I, I think I feel like the mob mentality thing. Yeah, but you can't know that every person feels that way. Do you ever spend any time in the comment section on any of these things? <laughs> well, I think, well, I, and that's a whole other thing we can talk about is like the things people say on the internet that they don't mean and wouldn't say in real life. I guess life. if I hear I'm getting really judgy and perhaps in the weeds, right? Like my comment <laughs> is always... The Nadia Boltzweber one about you get to speak from where your wounds once they're healed, but not while they're bleeding. Uh-huh. I feel like most of the people who are active and cancel culture conversations are at least what I read in here. You see, feel like you can tell wound they're bleeding still bleeding. People. And this is a form of expression of rage for them. And it's not a form of thoughtful, like holistic. How can we what's the best way to uh, approach this? Right. And also, like, I mean, I like that quote. I think it's true in a lot of ways. I don't think someone has to be completely healed to speak into something. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I think that there's space for that. And um, uh, and yeah, I think, you know, in some ways, like, you, you take in what someone says and then you do, like, weigh it and say, like, what you know how did they say this did they say like i this person should burn in hell forever because then that makes me think like well i think too there's I don't know. well just like um you weigh those things you know what i mean and you think like i don't know that this person is talking from like the safest healthiest most rational uh like you know this person isn't maybe weighing their emotions and their rationality at the same time and but also like There are perfectly reasonable people saying, like, this person needs to go uh, deal with this somehow. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I maybe need to backtrack because I do think bleeding wound people should get to speak. Sure. Um, I think maybe, though, I wonder if I think they should get to make policy while their wounds are still bleeding. 
I I think that makes sense. So here's a fictitious example. Right. Um, End of the Hunger Games, the books. Have you read them? Right. Yeah. So the choice is for the the you know whatever was it twelve or whatever districts. Thirteen to, at the end. Yeah, to send the children, the capital children, into their own Hunger Games. Um, right. And they decide to do it. Right. Like, I understand the rage and the pain why you would do that. Right. I also think that's the first step into a new kind of world that has a very consequential reality. Right, yeah. It's not necessarily, like, the best choice for how to move forward. Right. The wounds are still bleeding in that choice. Yeah. Absolutely. And I get, and I think, I mean, I think it makes sense to say, like, well, this is the thing, right? That I guess it's like, um, I think the foster care thing was a good metaphor as far as like, um, you know, if that were placed on TV, on a screen and someone could watch it, if it were recorded, put on a screen, someone could watch it, that they would say like, um, uh, that those children should be taken away from those parents. And then the thing that happens within the foster care system is like they are taken away from their parents and you begin this like, um, road journey whatever mm. to hopeful potentially like uh recovery rehabilitation biological family reunification although there are times when that's that can't happen because of just like the reality of the situation right um but what happens is you know that happens uh the consequences of the children get taken out of the home and then you deal with what led to the situation and you hope for the best. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. With that person. And I do think that's an important part of like the, of like just in general, a worldview of like, we should always be hoping the best for each other, even if that's not possible. You know what I mean? Um, but it just does involve a consequence in a way that like, I think a lot of this, I mean like, you know, uh, what we saw in the George Floyd, Derek Chauvin situation is like Derek Chauvin did, he received consequences, mm -hmm. but it's like it's so often mm -hmm. that is not the case with the police officer who harms or kills, particularly a person of color in this country. And yeah. so the instinct to cry out and say like, this isn't fair is like, I it seems very human to me, you know what I mean? To just say like we tried to trust the system and the system will not do anything about it. Yeah. Um and I know I I mean I do think I feel uh there are times when it's like is this you know, I don't know. Someone I also saw a tweet recently that said something like it's very funny to hear like people being like, oh, you can't say anything anymore. Like I was just making a joke and then contrast that with like all the great comedy that's like happening at this moment. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like clearly you can say funny things. You just can't say like hurtful things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I think so. Maybe this is. Uh, tell me if you think this is not accurate. OK. If I had to think think about how you see cancel culture mm -hmm. you see it as a unfortunate but necessary form of social accountability yeah i see it as vigilante activity 
And why do you think so? Um, because I think for right or wrong, most cancelers in my mind are like some sort of a caricature of rage. Yeah. And why do you think you just like the first time you ever experienced like someone getting canceled? That's what you saw or experienced or has that developed in your mind over a course of time or? Yeah, I think probably that's informed mostly by what I see in social media. Sure. Um, and, and I think. Oh, I don't know this. I, you know, it's like um, a lot of times I feel like it's highly educated white people who don't have anything else to do but be mad on the internet yeah um at social causes that probably haven't really affected their life even but yeah they've been handed a script about what they have to be mad about and so this is what they do all day yeah (laughs) um which is not fair right and i will say like but even that is good for me to hear because like when i think of people doing it like talking about cancel culture i mean i do think there's a sect of it that's like very young like gen z people canceling someone for like a misunderstanding or something like that like that certainly happens but when i think of like when people who are getting canceled i mostly think of the people like leading the charge on that as like people of color and so then to me it's Mm. also like this is a strange like these are people who i tend to just like believe because of the you know because of the experiences of people of color in the world and the fact that like or, you know, people of the, part of the LGBTQ community, like, because of the oppression that has been experienced and um, the pain I know that it is to, like, bring something forward um, and to have an experience, like, not being believed. You know what I mean? So I do think for me it's, like, that's who I think of in my head. And so that those are very different. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like. The, the images responding to are so different. Yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, that's how human emotion works. Right. And I do. I do experience. I have experienced, right, the moment when it's like a overly educated white person who's like, this is what it means to be an ally is just to shout everybody down. And I don't know. Sometimes it is what it is to be an ally is to shout everybody down. But yeah. not always. I think, too, I mean, we all, this is true, but, like, some of it's personality, too. Like, I find cerebral philosophical conversation one-on-one so productive. Right. Right? Yeah. Like, I I just think that it's, like, how the world changes. Yeah. And um, so that's probably how I want to perceive the world is changed. Right. uh, When that may not, in fact, be how it happens. Well... You know, I do think it's a different strokes for different folks type of thing. Like, you know, I, you know, I think this is a, one of those things that I think threes get very inherently, but it's like the reality is the world does get changed in like backroom conversations. So like that's where the power is, you know? And so I wish that wasn't true. Mm-hmm. Um, and and still, I know that it is, you know? And I think threes really have a way of being able to just be like, ah, it would be great, yeah, if, like, we just voted on something and that was how the world changed. Or, like, we, you know, we had, whatever, some really fairly democratic way to, like, 
change the world or whatever but the reality is this is what happens and so the reality is going to be that you know if i want to change the world i have to be in those places and well and i will say there are times too where threes assume that the world changes and then the world changes a different way and then they're left in the dust because um, they're so committed to the way that they thought it should happen yeah or it was gonna happen that makes sense yeah um and I do think, like, you know, some of these protest moments, um, I think, are valuable. But they're not, to me, valuable in the way that I think, oh, like a thousand people got on the streets. And it's that there was something narratival that happened in that moment yeah. that will be a beacon that yeah. identifies and carries this movement forward. Right. A reference point. Yeah, it changed the world. Um but not in a well, and I think some of it right is like the you are very into like productivity, mm-hmm. and that is maybe not the most productive. Like nothing gets changed tomorrow from mm-hmm. like a a protest or whatever. I mean, occasionally that does happen. Like if you get in a room or whatever, but like it's not. A lot of times it's just a turning point of like yeah. how men, a mentality in the world has changed or whatever. So I was thinking as you're talking. This might be a good example. I do think had the f- the video on George Floyd not been recorded, Derek Chauvin would have got off. Yeah. I firmly believe that. Yeah. Especially because the day they verdict came out, they showed the police report, mm-hmm. and it was complete BS. Right. Um, I wonder if the sentencing or any of it would have felt different had there not been the months of protests. That That's a good question for me to, to reckon with. Yeah. Like... Would the judicial system in the city of Minneapolis felt the fraught nature of the moment had the people not taken to the streets? Right. And did that pour into the decision making? That's a good question. Yeah. That I can't answer. No, I, but I, I mean, I have to assume that it did. That at, at some point it at least makes a person think about like, why are all these people up in arms? Like so yeah. many people. Um, I, I I mean, I think in some ways it can go either way. If someone is like a very stubborn person who feels committed to believing hmm. uh, a certain way. You know what I mean? Um, but I do think also that eventually you get to a person with power who is like, Okay, all these what what hap- what happened here that all of these people took to the streets? You would at least begin thinking about like should I handle this differently than the way I've always handled it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um so that would maybe be an acute like I said for me to reckon with moment where mm-hmm. it's like okay, there there was something that happened systemically to the emotion of the system yeah. that was internalized that produced a result. That maybe wouldn't have happened otherwise. Right. It's hard to measure those things, but that's worth thinking about. Yeah, it is hard to measure those things. Because it's not... Um, uh, yeah, you just can't... They're not measurable, really. And they're immeasurables. Yeah. Um, well, this felt productive to me. Did it? Yeah. I Well, thing. I wanted to tackle it again because I felt like... It could be. It might be. So I feel like the takeaways of the the person or head we're identifying is emblematic of it is very helpful. Yeah. And kind of the 
unnecessary unfortunate or necessary unfortunate social movement as opposed to vigilante justice mm-hmm. images are helpful for me to think what you're thinking what I'm thinking yeah so yeah yeah, yeah. I feel product- I was productive as well yeah I hope it was interesting yeah <laughs> listener tell us what you think tell us what you think let us so. know all right friends well thanks for being here for the week of it was you this or yeah <laughs>